Hello. This episode of FOMO Foundation features recurring guests Anthony Demiri and Bronwyn Isaac. The best thing about those two is that I don't have to talk that much and I can just listen. It's, it's so relaxing. Uh, that said, you know, I was a bit sleepy this episode, so don't listen to me. When you hear my voice, just go poop or just imagine the sound of waves gently crashing and just wait for Anthony and Bronwyn to start talking. Uh, I think that's the best way to, to uh, roll through this episode. Uh, I hope you like it. Oh yeah, and if you if you want to support my pod and see what this shit looks like, you can uh, subscribe on uh, patreon.com slash FOMO machine. Honestly, if I've learned anything about liberal men in the last three years, it's like the, like, you know, the ones who talk the most about, you know, their fucking politics are like the most evil. So I don't, <laughs> I like, I literally, I don't care when I hear a man is speaking about female empowerment. I don't care. Well, and yeah. I mean, I'm not like, anymore. When it comes to the men that I know, like I figure out your deal, like, like about women pretty yeah. quick. Like, it's not that hard to figure out. You just like, see how a guy Honestly, responds to certain con- kinds of conversations and if you've heard anything about him so it's funny when there's like like the political theater is so funny to me because I'm like do you think we're stupid like and obviously some people fall for it but it, it's just like do you really think we don't see what you're doing like honestly with myself I think I was so optimistic for so long I d- basically was not admitting the reality of evil in this world <laughs> Oh, now we're and now I've really come Tara, that's some <laughs> deep existential shit. How recent do you think this was? Like the last week, frankly. Like last week, <laughs> okay. last week you realized evil exists. Like really around me, like like it's real. Right. <laughs> I was always like aware of it, like on a broader social spectrum, right? I was very mm-hmm. always caught up on topics of like race and gender and class and sexuality, but in my own personal life, I was like. People who are nice to me, they must be trustworthy. <laughs> oh, I see. You didn't think somebody can like do something that like, yeah, like, appears like, good. Like manipulation. I don't think I ever really like anticipated manipulation, which is psychotic. That's have- well, that makes like that's a really funny thing to say. Yeah. Like so clearly. You know, because I think a lot of people, we all have like rose tinted glasses at some point with some person, right? Like an individual or something. But for you to be like, I did not know that people could be nice <laughs> to me and then be full of shit is like an incredible, like, I respect you admitting that. Cause like most people wouldn't. They'd be like, oh yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was just funny. I was like, well, that must be the problem. <laughs> it's like, it's, I had to reduce it. Like it just came out into the math. I'm like, well. I think I, I had I had like a um, pretty much an insane way to, to to look at the world until I was like 20, 20 or 21. Also, I do think you guys are a little bit more veteran in entertainment than me. I feel like it. I don't, at least a little bit. I don't count. I, I don't even have I'm jobless. Um, may, maybe. Anyway. but Oh, we're, oh for like entertainment industry, like weirdos. And yeah. Like and like, oh, yeah. Oh, like they're around there. They, yeah. You could meet them. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I was thinking like I learned this lesson as yeah around my 21st birthday. It was actually just after my 21st birthday, and I went to Atlantic City and I won and I had like 125 dollars. Have I told you a story? No. Okay. 
Stop me if I've Go told you it. this, Brown. No. <laughs> that would be great if I was like, oh, this I one told again. Brown. <laughs> Do you guys have a relationship outside of me? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, you know, literally, I, I like blacked out at some party in Atlantic City. Kim Kardashian was there. Um, not for me. It was just like, that was, she, she wasn't there for you. She wasn't there, there for, for me. I'm sorry. She was not. Why are you telling us this story? Oh, my God. But there was a, well, side note, she had a career early in her career where like she just showed up at clubs for like 10 minutes and they would give her like 20 grand, you know, or whatever. I remember Paris Hilton used to do that, especially when they were friends. That was like a thing with the, the it, I mean, it's still a thing, but not as much anymore, but like the it girls. Yeah. It's just show up. Of, it's like uh, influencing before social media. Right. That's yeah. Kind of, uh, yeah. Anyway, the, the debauchery of my birthday aside, I got back and I felt like. I've, I've like $120 is a lot of money to me back then. I made right. $8 an hour, you know, yeah, that was a like, lot of money. and I, but I had this very like a uh, karmic kind of new agey uh, karma facing ideology to the world. Like really was in my own delusion about it. Like if I'm nice to everyone, they're right. going to be nice to me. I know. Right? If I put love out in the world, I'm going to get love in return. Like, yeah. You want? That's, oh, yeah. That's uh, yeah. like you want to think that's true. So yeah. <laughs> I had this night, and, I, and you know, there's, there's some background on the story because my friend was like telling me how she was chased by this guy and she called him like the milkman. And I didn't even realize like, to connect mm-hmm. the dots until afterward that's i'm planting that seed i'll connect these dots but yeah I, like we need to return to the milkman <laughs> oh the milkman is like so i just said that, that that this i didn't realize this guy was like a neighborhood figure but around fordham road in the bronx there was like a panhandling guy and he would come up to you and he would ask you for money for milk mm-hmm. and i guess most people stopped at that or didn't talk to him didn't go further like, this guy has like for milk in my i'm like you know what the world has blessed me I have $120. I've been blessed by the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, it's the Christmas season. My birthday's right. Right, right, like, right. You know, let, it's the giving season. Right. And he's like, hey, do you have any money for milk? I'm like, what's going yeah. on? You need some money for milk? Let me hear more about that. Yeah. So I engage this guy. And oh my God, you're like, I'm the main character. This is the Christmas movie. This is the moment. Yeah. Th- yeah. <laughs> I'm admitting it was everything about it was delusional. No, I love it. So it's so human. Like that's so yeah. Yeah, yeah he's the sidekick. He's clearly the sidekick. Right. Yeah, you're like, well, this is my story. Um, yeah, that's you really are nailing something. Well, you also the spirit of Christmas, I, right? Like you know, is there like a positive narcissism you can have when you like just think the world is like dandy? And um, like, I think all of us getting at yeah. Um, so. <laughs> So he's like, you know, I need somebody for milk. And I'm like, what's, okay, what, what do you need me, what do you need this milk for? He goes, you know, I have a daughter, she's two years old and uh-huh. she needs some baby formula. And now I'm like, you know, yeah. it is the Christmas season. Oh I no. Gotta help you. Yeah. So I walk with him a few blocks. We go to it like this bodega and I, and there's these canisters, like tin canisters. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm now in like retrospect. I'm like, one of them could probably last you why like yeah much and he a, made you buy a hundred dollars worth of it he and he buy, sold it back to the bodega yes he made you buy 20 <laughs> bucks worth of it and <laughs> and i left and i'm like wow i really like done something good for myself no nope, like, he that, sold it back to the bodega yeah, yeah and then so and then i went to the library at, you know this is like a forum so i we went to the library came yeah. back my friend who i met at the library went to white castle and this guy's soliciting people at white castle yeah 
We'll I see. Know. Look at these street smarts. No, I mean, I, I don't. When did you I, learn street smarts? If usually this, people are good the, at this. The week. same exact hustle happened to uh, someone pretty close to me like two months ago. So I just literally was like, huh. Because I, I mean, I, you know, you could like you could look at it as, wow, I thought I had this like moment with this man and like, you know, I got to like give back and hopefully he got his needs met. And then like, you know, it was a lie or you could look at yourself as a ground investor in this like really great startup. <laughs> and it's just this man and, and he's, he's an entrepreneur. He has vision, he has work ethic and you believe in him. Right. Wow. No, I agree. Like you are. <laughs> What is this line You're of work? You're both a VCS product. Like, it, you're like, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's, that's what That's we, beautiful. I uh, respect that. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, but it, it did, it like affected my, it was one of these things that like broke my. You were like, people aren't trustworthy or like people lie, not even because it's like, if somebody's like down and out, then, you know, they're going to do what they need to do, but it's more like that he lied. <laughs> Yeah, it was the level of the lie. It's Why like, would you lie to me? Like, such an intricate lie. Like he had crafted the most, like if you think about like a psychopath manipulator. Yeah, I know. They want the, what's, what makes me the biggest victim of all? Having a two-year-old. Oh needs, yeah. No, here's the thing. I confronted him in the White Castle. I went up to him and I was like, hey man. No, you, no. Yes, I was like, Anthony, hey, you confronted him? I confronted him in the White Castle. The White Castle in Fordham Road with the bulletproof glass. How'd it go? How'd and it go? I, I went to her. You're like, I have the spirit of Christmas on my fucking oh, no. side. So good yeah. luck, buddy. Christmas, uh, yeah, the, the spirit of Christmas was was gone at this point. I couldn't I was like, hey man, I gave you twenty dollars. What happened? He goes, he goes, Oh man, I'm so sorry. She drinks that milk fast. And I'm like, That's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, but like that guy would be fire at improv. Like that's the funniest. Yeah, that's really funny. That's, that's the funniest hilarious. reason. Like, oh, you know how kids are. My two-year-old just fucking downed it. Fuck, if he were <laughs> fucking annihilating that milk. If he were crowdfunding for improv class, I would be more than happy to sponsor. <laughs> like, uh well, so, Oh, the milk story. This is the thing. Uh, retroactively, he chased my friend and like had her against the wall. I found this out. <gasps> I connected the dots all after. He followed her for blocks and like, oh my God. Her and had like pinned her, not physically pinned her, but I think like kind of, you know, positioned himself in a very intimidating way. Um, and she, so this man, this, you happened to give to the same man that assaulted your friend. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, this adds, this totally adds a whole nother layer to you being like, I can't trust anyone. Cause right. it's not just, cause it's so it's like people lying about what they need money for is one thing, but this whole circle of events, that's like a whole play. Yeah, it really, I, I mean, it's, it's like a, a, a morale. I don't know. It's like the opposite of the Christmas Carol. Cause the Christmas Carol is like a mean guy. Yeah. Uh, how to be nice. And this is like nice people learning how to be mean or learning that meanness like exists. exists. In like that there's like spaces where, it, yeah, like it exists around you. And then also you almost need some, depending on the context. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I almost had this kind of double think where for years I was always really interested in like, like shadow work as they call it, or like examining the evil within me. When I see what evil other people can do, I'm very focused on like, oh, where is that within me? And I just so over-focus on where is that evil within me? And then just for some reason in my social interactions, like 
like forbid myself from imagining the evil in others, I think out of anxiety. Oh, so you just think, think you're I, always doing something wrong. So you think that you're like, um, I know, I know this isn't like actually what you think, but it's like almost like in your brain, it's like, you're the one who's flawed and needs to figure that out and needs to figure out like whatever impulses you think are wrong, but, but other people are like fine. Right. Because I don't think I can, I think for a while, I just could not handle the anxiety of, oh, it's both within me and in others. I'd rather it just be within me because I can at least control me and the receptivity to others is like, at least numbers wise, I'm, you know, probably going to land more trustworthy people than if I was closed off. But it's like, there's a great area where you're not closed off and you're not just hyper accepting one in which you're just evaluating. And, you know, I think for people with anxiety, it's easier to just assume people are all good or all bad. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I, I feel I definitely feel that because I feel like I vacillate between having a little, I mean, I, I feel like I'm very friendly and everything, but like having a wall a little bit yeah. um, or being completely like, here's my house key. Like, <laughs> you're my best friend. Come on in. Like, let's talk about our trauma, you know? And then I'm like, what? You like talk shit about me or betrayed me or whatever, you know? Like, it's like, I knew you for four weeks and it's not like even a romantic thing I'm talking about. Just like friends, people, whatever. <laughs> so I I totally get that I think when you're anxious like yeah like for my brain it's very hard to find moderation with boundaries so it's very like we're in or we're out and that's not healthy well if I I could convince you this is the whole thing about like religion and um like piety uh or uh like or being focused on yourself as a sinner there's a side tangent we're all we're like too white to have this conversation but like the whole thing about the religiosity where people are like trying to purge their whiteness or like their white, uh, you know like if oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always are, if you always feel gu- the guilt it's the guilt emotion because mm-hmm. it applies to white girl it applies to sin it applies to sexuality mm-hmm. whatever. it's the guilt emotion if you're always stuck in your own guilt mm-hmm. it's like what you're saying if, if i'm always guilty or i always did something wrong or whatever the people who are around you who are actual psychopaths who can like who have no guilt at all yeah are just gonna like they could just do whatever the hell they want yeah because everybody who's maybe has a conscience if yeah. you can convince the people who have a conscience that they're bad right like, or do, oh do, my god you know, yeah then i've been in situations where that was definitely weaponized against me you know like knowing that i had like you know whatever religious guilt white guilt all of the kinds of guilts you know all of, guilt, yeah. all of them yeah like that was used by manipulative people and I, I was like well yeah you know i do need to grow which is true but it's like no you're using that to get away with being an asshole yeah <laughs> and that's such a wild thing to call but you know once you call it it does kind of center you in at least your own reality which is the most important one yeah. I so long was so like, oh, people are relational, like their reality is just as important as my reality. And it's like, yeah, I guess in terms of the relationship, but in terms of me, my reality should be king. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's one of those things where finding out what you need, you know, safety wise, emotionally, whatever, and then communicating with people about like, you know, hey, there's a dynamic here that's weird, <laughs> right? Like they, like, you nobody else can predict what you need in reality and you can't predict what they need and I feel like taught people who are being really toxic they do not respond well to actual like direct communication where you're just like why are are you fucking with me yeah (laughs) like what is this Yeah. yeah I do think that's the best way to kind of resolve a like 
personal disputes is just like a very specific, like, why would you hurt my feelings in this way versus couching it in identity? Because it's really real, the identity stuff it is, but you know, sometimes it's like at the end of the day, no matter who you were, this is wrong. Yeah. Well, that's like one thing that I find fascinating in political conversations, especially around like intersectionality and everything is like so many of these conversations really just come back to like, we all need to learn how to listen to each other. (laughs) Like it's really basic at the end of the day. It's like, listen to people about their experiences, believe them. If you fuck up, don't make it about you and your feelings, just like apologize and move along. Like it's so, so it's like every like political or religious thing just comes back to like really basic communication skills, but humans are so bad at that, (laughs) that it like spirals out so quickly. I know. You know, this is a very weird thing to say, but why not? I would like, I grew up in all these Catholic schools, all this, you know, I think we all, we've talked about this before, but that's the one thing we haven't covered, all this very like- Religious trauma shit. Yeah, but also the way they, sexuality is like talked about in that world, right? right? And so I remember as like a 13, 14 year old, like being on one end taught that like homosexuality is a sin. And then I remember really liking uh, the gay character in Revenge of the Nerds, who's like also the gay black character, which he's which they did uh, decades ahead of Netflix to like have the intersectional uh, have the the token of both in one character, which is mm-hmm. a trope of uh, some streaming services. But, yeah, totally. But I remembered like there was a weird thing as a kid to be like, oh, I like this movie. This character's great. This is heroic. Like I would want to be this person's friend. Right. And so this is like even it's like. Still, that movie has a lot of, it is a problematic by today's terms on uh, many, many fronts, but um, problematic probably. Well, there's the scene where he's wearing, have you guys seen it? No. You haven't seen I, it? I have. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I know just how fucked up the movie is, but also like that I remember his character. Yeah. I feel like I don't want to say, like, I don't want to say problematic without defining problematic in this respect, but there's separate Revenge of the Nerds uh, issue is the main, one of the main nerds sleeps with the jock's girlfriend, but he is disguised as Darth Vader. Um, so he's like lying. Like 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 he yeah. wears the same costume as the boyfriend. So it's definitely like a rape, like there's like a whole like rape thing that's, that's like not acknowledged. Yeah, like, is that that's consent bad. or are you uh uh no. yeah I, I feel like it's definitely it would definitely count as like sexual assault some people would say rape I mean that that whole conversation about what words someone would want to use but it's like definitely like not consensual since she thought it was someone else right come on I I had a thought about this is this even a conversation no no, I had a thought about this like think about the think about the reality show Joe Millionaire do you remember this reality show yeah I do yeah reality show where like a guy they tell you he's a millionaire and then he's like a construction worker or something and they have all these women. And there's like like The Bachelor, like one of these shows. And how much more attractive they find him after they find yeah, out he is. Yeah, and the years. end of the show, they reveal that he's like worth like 30 grand versus like being worth- <laughs> Which like, is like, like, that whole concept is so bullshit because it's like pretending like a bunch of boring men don't make money so that they can like afford to date women that want to date men with money. You know, like it's like a rate, sure. it's like, it's you should like him for who he is. And it's like, but actually the point was that he had money and we all knew that. Like right. in these situations, but like in that show, if you by the same token, like how much, uh, like what is the actual difference, or like in like the gradient of like wrongdoing between the Revenge of the Nerds, you know, situation, 
and Joe Millionaire. Like if if hmm. like is lying like how, to what extent? Oh, like consent, lie, like yeah, and lying, lying, like where like the ethics. This is like a yeah. philosophical question, but it's like if I tell you I'm a millionaire and you sleep with me because you think I'm a millionaire, and then later I say I'm no sorry. On the last episode of the show, I'm a construction worker. I make thirty. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're both bad people. That's my opinion. If you're yeah, I mean, I would call one betrayal and the other like rape or assault. Like one of them is like oh, but that's a big difference in 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 uh, yeah, like because because like lying, uh, like people. Yeah, I mean, lying and coercion are very complicated. Like that is very complicated, right? But if you say but there's so many situations where people kind of lie about aspects of themselves in relationships or hookups. And that doesn't make the sex retroactively like non-consensual. It just means that person's an asshole, in my opinion. Yeah. But if they, but if they're like, I had a condom on and they didn't, then that's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't know how you wouldn't know, but that's a whole, whatever. Um, yeah. These are all big. Uh, we have a lot of big philosophical questions. Hot, hot Sarah discovered that evil exists. I do think that that should be what we keep returning to because I have so many questions there. Well, really? I, I, well, the other thing I was—I mean, we could segue <laughs> into a completely different topic, which was what I was initially going to read the article. I was going to read uh, the the tech the tech paradise. Um, oh yeah! Did you see that, Bronwyn? There's a new like. Uh, like colonial outpost in Honduras for tech workers that is at first accepting e-workers as citizens and then they will accept real residents. It says it- um, That's so it's gross. basically like the wing or we work, but like live in on a country. It's like, like a digital colony. colonization, like what? Exactly. Like it has like, like geographical bounds, but like not yet, like for the first six months and then you can literally physically colonize the space. But you don't have to physically colonize. You can just be like a resident. I think. That, well, the, the thing. This is <laughs> everything about it. So like, disgusting. Hey, I want to barf. I know. Like, give me, give me back that old colonialism where you had to really live there, right? Like, yeah, this on. is digital <laughs> like, colonialism. Like, it's like a, it's like a, an NFT colonialism. Like, I'm a colonist because I have a certificate. That says I, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I, I like got my membership to being a colonizer. Like, I signed up for my seven dollars a month fee. Vaccine? Am I colonizing? I'm a blockchain ID? colonist. Uh, <laughs> it's just like it's like it's like the culture of colonization is so deep and evil that like now it's just like well yes but leave it to the tech industry to rebrand colonialism yeah <laughs> it's like <laughs> cool we work in a third world country it's just like cool we work you know maybe there's been a history of u.s supported coups here maybe we've overthrown every populist government they've ever attempted for mm -hmm. 70 years but now they're going to give us this little island and you can claim to be a citizen there you can move your llc there and you can get taxed a lot less and put all you know and all your bitcoins can be attached atta uh, attached to your address there and then you can work <laughs> remotely anywhere in the world or in the we work on this island i mean it's like yeah but yeah come come microdose with us while we talk about how much we love the culture that we're erasing it's yeah. oh yeah it's in honduras sorry did i say but anyway yeah it's in honduras um it's so yeah, it's, culture it's, is depraved, evil is all around us. I honestly was about to ask you both like what's happening in current culture regarding the fucking presidency and COVID because you're not, you're not sort of tuned out of, the, out of the news. 
I always just like Google things that I think I need to know about, but I'm just curious like what the hot stories are that are popping in the media narrative because the news is just, you know, was presented to you as the news. Like oh. what the hell happened to the Black Lives Matter protests? Like, what? well, now there's, uh, <laughs> there's- uh, They just stopped getting covered. covered no, no, the no, we just came have, around and like- It definitely like, stopped getting covered like, really quickly. Uh, right, like, that was intentional. Now what yeah no no the, the whole thing is like that's it's so upsetting to me it's like it got so much coverage for like three to four months and then it completely was dropped it wasn't well, even downgraded it was just dropped no, and i i have no coverage in the media about black lives matter anymore or any of those protests i think you're i think you you may have spoke to sue because really? the 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 hot uh topic i saw twitter this is kind of fucked up too like uh the way the tech industry handles this stuff is they're like Derek Chauvin trial watch mm -hmm. live like on the sidebar of Twitter I saw that today mm -hmm. so if you want to watch live the which this killer cop yeah exactly it's just but it's like um the uh I don't know this like spectacle of of uh like I don't want to watch it, it feels a little too much like a live lynching like I don't know how else to say it but it's like when the videos go around and I do think it's important that the videos exist for proof but lots of reasons but when they go around and then people are just consuming all this death and it becomes spectacle like I don't know it's I think what yeah. I'm not comparing watching the trial to watching someone die obviously but right. the way that Twitter frames it the way that like these social media websites are like they, they have like emojis and like, you know, Burger King's like deal. Oh, also click and watch Derek Chauvin. And I'm like, this is so psychotic. <laughs> yeah, no, it's disgusting. It's entertainment masquerading as news. And it has a really bad psychological effect on people to normalize sharing these images of violence regarding a certain group. It makes it seem normal. Yeah, there's it, been a it should lot be treated a lot more carefully. Thing I don't even I like can I can I before I like wanted to give you citations for things I'm talking about, mm -hmm. but now I don't even want to. If you look at the news, there's a lot of bad videos of bad things happening. A lot of it is like, uh, you know, older people being assaulted. Yeah, uh, there's just like really, uh, again, <laughs> the theme of evil that yeah. we uh, yeah. the theme of uh, yeah uh, yeah evil that we keep returning to. Well, this is a a. a I've, I had this uh, theology professor at Fordham who like snapped into this weird, he had a weird vibe like across the board. He what, was a, can, can you get a little more specific about yeah, the weird vibe? Okay. Was he his was, name Papa Nikolaus? Cause I had a mad crush on a theology professor. No, there was this awesome like- Papa? <laughs> Papa crush on a papa. Like, I love it. Yeah, a Greek fucking theology professor who like seemed way too horny to be Catholic. Like he seemed like, you know, that just, just sounds like, like a guy named Papa Nicola. Papa Nicola, like, like if you call yourself Papa, then you're horny. Yeah. <laughs> I know, like all my like queer friends were like, he's a creep. And I was like, I think he's hot. Maybe I'm he's sorry. just like, like <laughs> Zaddy. Both, both can be true. <laughs> Zad professor Zaddy Nicola. I was like, uh, he's yeah. and it seems like he wants to have sex with me. Sounds great. Okay. Anyway, keep going. Was he older or young? Obviously, what How do you mean old? older than me? Duh. I don't know, but like, was he like the hot young professor? No, or he was he like young, old, but he like... wasn't old. He was middle aged. Middle aged. Okay. Okay. Still so like exactly. somebody who has like a fervor about like the meaning of life and like God being real. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 
just anybody with existential fervor is gonna like elevate your okay. attraction. It's not like he's. I like, had crushes on like fifty percent of my TAs, so like I get it. <laughs> this guy, I remember. I can't, I'm actually glad I don't remember his name because I'm like I'm like that. There's a gap between us for the last uh, decade sure. plus, but he remember he was talking about. St. Augustine or it was like an early church like he was so he was an adult convert to Catholicism I think at late 20s early 30s and I want to say he's in his late 30s as he's teaching at, at this time or you know and, and uh, this was like a required sophomore class at Fordham and he um, he like would get in this thing where he talked about virtues and love and like all these things that that are human traits. And, and and he's like, you know what people don't talk about? He's like, they don't talk about the wicked. And the way he would say the wicked. That's like, awesome. He like got off on it a little bit. Like his eyes like, were He's like, only St. Augustine talked about the wicked. And I was like, what? He's like rubbing his hands together. Yeah, he's like, exactly. finally. Yeah, he like, <laughs> like, you're liking this too, too much, just a little too much. And I, yeah, it was some way of just, uh, uh, I don't know. I who knows what the hell got him into maybe married in the I have no idea what, what got him into it, but it was very distinct that somebody enjoyed like if we talk about probably evil, like does evil wicked. exist? This is that it's like no, this I, think I really it, like. I really do about. think it does. I've um it made me uncomfortable to learn that Saul Alinsky's book Rules for Radicals has a quote and like almost dedication to Lucifer at the start. It bums me out that Azalea Banks seemed to be really interested in the occult lately. I'm like, but I think there's something I think odd I, about these people's fixation with like like negative spirituality is all I will call it. But I think that's I think the Alinsky thing is like kind of a troll. You know, it's almost like uh, he, okay, let's bring it back. Saul Alinsky is doing what Lil Nas X is doing, which this I don't week, like but, either. But like, 60 years ago, Although, Satan shoes. What's the need? I just don't. And you don't like, wow, you like okay. Yeah. Oh, I like... really don't like the fucking with the occult at all, honestly, basically ever since. And I almost like don't even want to breathe her name. Just like watching Azalea Banks's turn in the last few months has made me pretty uncomfortable. Well, what came first, the occult or the, or the I just, instability? Uh... I just think like witchcraft is real. Oh, And I think like, you know, I guess watching somebody like who's a self-professed witch act so cavalierly regarding certain things online, whether it's women's bodies or the men she's engaged to or not engaged to and the sex tape she's selling and not selling. I just feel like there's so much, that was such a good example to me of just like- But I think that's also- You know, yeah, people's I, energy and attention in this big way. I, there's something like I just sinister about it that I'm like, I don't want to give this my energy. There's like, you know, it's I think you need watch, to meet this professor of when you watch a pop star go from like who they were to like now who they have become corrupted as in, in Hollywood, you just feel like, oh, like evil is real. Well, go. But, oh, sorry, Robert. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, you know, her coming out, other women, like her internalized misogyny and everything. To me, that's just like, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be an armchair psychologist, but it doesn't seem like she's in a mentally healthy place in general. Yeah. And like her personality has never, based on the limited amount that I've seen, has never been one that was like dedicated to like nuanced communication with people she doesn't like, right? <laughs> so like, and, and social media is a perfect place to kind of 
lean into your most toxic traits, especially if you're famous. So when I see those parts, I don't, I don't personally connect them to her, like talking about being a witch or anything. Cause I just, they, I see so many people do that that don't say that they're a witch right. that are just like addicted to social media. And they're just like, they want attention or they like, don't like themselves. So they're going to like be obsessed with hating someone. Right. So, so for me, that wasn't my read. So that, so that's interesting to hear that. Like, for some reason, I'm just like noticing, I'm like, Oh, I'd hate the correlation here. You know, I'm not saying it's causation. Good call being like, you know, they're probably not necessarily related. It's just, I was like, oof, the capriciousness of like claiming you're engaged and, you know, then posting. I don't know if anybody, I was watching her shit with this, this dude she met within a month and got engaged to, and she quickly posted, uh, I dumped him. He's not man enough for the she wolf within me. And then a few hours later was like, just kidding. We're still together. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) He like directed and produced her music video. I was like, oh my God, this person is a vulture i think she's probably just on drugs is uh, well that's the other thing it's like drugs like you get so many free drugs in hollywood yeah you know okay there's this great david bowie story highly recommend i think you could just google like david bowie white witch um because i think it it speaks to this a little bit and how like in the occult fixations whatever like i knew i had a friend who i used to go to parties with and she got way too into drugs. She got really into, mm. you know, and I and her roommate I remember told me she's like, yeah, she stays up all night. She does cocaine. She reads witchcraft books. Yeah. So like the two things like kind of went together. Yeah, absolutely. You're like in a, you're high or like in an altered state, and now you want to believe that there's powers or there's this, like, yeah, because you feel more powerful because you're, co- you know, like there's, there's, and there is like a reactionary. There's like being reactionary to like the Puritan culture, which is obviously very hypocritical in America. So then it's like, well, fuck that. I like Satan and drugs. Well, yeah, they, uh, but then like, you know, drugs are drugs. So <laughs> they're still going to do shit to you. There's a, yeah, I'm trying to think like, okay. So the David Bowie story. So he, um, in this is like, I remember a friend posted after, after he passed away and they were like, yeah, this was like the peak. And it was when he, um, was the white duke phase like when he was at his like peak cocaine phase like there's that old interview you could watch him he's like jittery and just like grinding his teeth whatever like somewhere in the 70s um when he's really in the worst of it he was convinced that his house in the hills in hollywood was haunted and that there were evil spirits there and that the only person who could save him was this woman who was called the white witch and i think she was based in new york and his whole thing about how he needed, like he had this fixation, like he wouldn't do certain things. I don't know if he would like leave certain areas house or whatever he was. He's like, he's like superstitious about like the white witch permitting him. Yeah, he could to only live. And he could only like exercise his house. So she's the only person who could do it. And she lived on the other coast. Wow. And it was this whole thing about how he needed the white witch to come to his house. And so like you hear you hear a story like that, and you're like, okay, let's say he was uh six months sober, right? Or, or a year sober, completely sober, really went through it. Um, would, in his mind, the house still be haunted? And would there still be a need to source the white witch? Like, it, what is the correlation between, right? you know, the insanity and the occult and the superstition yeah. and all of that stuff? Like, is it, is it like a, you're on a total binge and, um, you know, you're paranoid or whatever, and now you need uh, the white witch to come purge you I mean, there's probably a flip of this. 
Well, yeah. Well, there's also like, there's the, well, God, this is going to be such a stoner thing to say, but like, you know, vibes are real. You get feelings in your gut, right? Like you, there people have energies, you know, like you don't have to word it that way, but you're like, oh, that person, I feel anxious around them or I feel safe or whatever there's. And so like, yeah, if you're using drugs and you're open to the idea of there being like these spiritual forces, then you're feeling anxious and paranoid. So you're like projecting that onto like a spirit you're creating, but your paranoia is real. So yeah, it is this feedback loop. Um, But I also, there is a part of me that does like believe in the potential, like I've never fully shut the door on like some supernatural shit. Like I'm fully like in that very like agnostic camp or I've had experiences where I was sober, where I was, where it felt like a glitch in the matrix. Like where, where you're like, wait, it, it's like when you have really distinct deja vu and you're like, okay, obviously this can happen, but it's fucking weird. Yeah. So I what feel like it dreamed. Have you had dream experiences? Is that? Oh yeah. I've like, I dreamt that my grandma passed away the night before she passed away. And you could say like, she was my grandma. I knew she was going to die. So that's not as like. wild that I predicted it that you know but like it is like timings of things is really fascinating so I think about like people who are down that rabbit hole they're not mentally doing well maybe they're like fucked up all the time on like multiple drugs and then they do have an experience that's kind of weird not like occult weird but like you know a little deja vu that that's like blown out of proportion right yeah I mean my uh I'll say my my spiritual mentor for a number of years, who's a I won't, I won't a family member, um, would say things like the reason you shouldn't take hallucinogens or whatnot or 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 things that are like totally alter your mind is because you open the door for an evil spirit to come in, and mm-hmm. that's that is a so if these things okay I'll give you this if they exist if there are like if consciousness survives the body. If there's mm-hmm. spirits out there, it definitely would make sense that like those things would coincide. Where if yeah. you, uh, yeah. you know, lost control over yourself, and there's something that doesn't have a body and wants a body and wants yeah. to control you, like logically, it kind of all fits in some metaphysical definition of like how we all live. But that I guess that the thing is like, I think the world believed that for thousands of years right. and a lot of bad things happened when that was the belief system. And because it seems like it's nightly better now. Yeah, I think it's funny. It's like we corrected with science and then perhaps we overcorrected where we deny all spirituality or whatever. Yeah, but if I say like, you have a, you have a bad spirit in you, I need to get this the fuck out. And then I'm like, now who's it's to funny- stop me? Who like, who's, yeah, if I could claim to be some authority on that. I know, because it's so subjective. I, you know, because I've definitely dealt with really toxic people who've been like, I think what's going on is toxic as they're just trying to get out of being yeah, toxic no, towards I, me. I'm like, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, on me. <laughs> it's kind of like the running, I feel like this is a running internet joke that people who call themselves empaths all the time are often like the most selfish, bad friends. <laughs> They're like, I'm sorry, I just can't ever be there for you because I'm an empath. And it's like, what? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> There's a lot of totally narcissistic, toxically narcissistic people that love like tarot cards. Yeah, oh, yeah, for it's sure. Like, it's the same thing as what I was saying about the Christmas carols. <laughs> We're like, I am the protagonist in this story. 
And yeah. you are the universe speaking to me. I know. Guiding me and telling me. It's this very sad thing where it's just like people who are very public about their politics are often like trying to hide some personal, some bullshit they have going on. Because they're trying to identify more with the public mask than confront the shadow within. You know? You're really into Jung now. Yes, yes, I'm really into Carl Jung now. Brahman, yeah. do you read a lot of Carl Jung? Or I have not read Carl Jung for a very long time, but I'm very like I like I like what yeah, I've read. It's like a kind of like good partitioning thing, especially as a performer. I kind of know what it's like, you know. I feel like I learn what I think through observing my public work sometimes. I'm like, man, like bitch, like the last five podcast episodes, you found a way to bring up X, Y, or Z. You must be hung up on that. And it's it's funny, like I learn about what I must be privately interested in by observing my public. But I think a lot of people will just start avoiding their private by channeling everything into the public and have a big uh, separation between the two, which is, which is interesting to me. For me, I'm always striving for like a version of harmony. Like I know there's a difference between who I am publicly and privately, but I don't want it to be like I'm a different person. Well, right. as, as someone who spent a lot of time in what we could call uh, the political left yes. before social media, like my 18, age 18 to 22, I was like the most active. I would like put 40 hours a week. I used to go to all these meetings around New York. I used to go to talks. I was like one of the, you know, there's a few dozen like also, very you're, political you're students. currently Yang Gang, right? Like you're doing work for Yang's campaign? I'm, I am, well, you know, what's nice about the, the, uh, the like rank choice thing is like, you can be, I can, I can, like, you can not fully commit or you can like oh, commit yeah, to yeah. multiple people. Cause like, I like Andrew Yang. I like Diane Morales. I wish she had a bigger campaign. I yeah. think the left in New York city really failed at organizing around what uniting around one progressive. I don't like Scott. Okay. I think he had backwards politics on Palestine. And if you go back to the record, he said some things that are not very nice talks about how he is, you know, who shows his true colors kind of thing where mm -hmm. it's like kids are being killed and, and, and he's, uh, and he, you know, tacitly endorsed if I, if I my, uh, my, anyway, mayoral politics. But I, but when you go to these, like even Occupy Wall Street, right? It's kind of like the bridge between a, like a media or social media um, politics. Like that might've been the first time because it even was I, a hashtag right yeah yeah i feel like occupy wall street was really the beginning of kind of the modern forms of organizing and activism like that include social media because it was it's the first hashtag like i remember going to some of the protests and like yeah it, it was so it was online for the first time in in this mm -hmm. way that wasn't it was live online not just oh there's going to be an article tomorrow yeah there, there's definitely some you start to realize like if you spend enough time there, there is an overlap between between people who are just like acting out their traumas and being part of something because it's like triggering or like I can fight. Like imagine if you, and I've known people who are like, like you have some acute trauma where like one person assaulted you from, and like, let's make this objective. So like I'm one identity, I was assaulted by somebody of a different identity. And yeah. I like, any one of that identity is now sort of a trigger right. for me. And now I'm fighting every one of that other identity yeah. that, you know, and that's like, I think a lot of identity-based politics kind of works that way. Um, yeah. But, yeah. But then there's like, I don't know. 
But the, I was just, just the, the only government I want is one in which we are all jumbled up and we're all displaced into new places. We have to start all over again. So we all have the collective trauma being displaced. Well, you can go to the. We're, <laughs> but we're like fully colonist. integrated and like we don't have to like make stereotypes on people versus running into one of them. Because I remember I had a very positive stereotype about a certain group and therefore was open minded to them in a way that I shouldn't have been because I'd only met. For example, I had a really great mentor who was like a Caribbean Jew when I was in college. And I was like, all cool black men are nice to me and intersectional. And then I realized like, oh no, just, you know, you knew knew one of them. And there's still men. There's still men. No offense, Anthony, but it was right there. I had to. You know, but like, it's really funny because you form a stereotype of a group if you've only met one of their type. And I it's it's I think cute. This is, it's nice that it was a positive stereotype versus a negative. I don't it's know. Still a stereotype I, and that's still dehumanizing. Yeah, but hold on. Is this a young? Do you? you I don't as, say no, hold on, but young. do you as an adult? <laughs> no, because I, I I I think there's something like that is that it's like a like you grow. That's like a phase you grow out of. Like you're like you're you're relating to something the way like a child would. Yeah. Like oh, I have this associ- I have this association. But like the the more you get as an adult, the the more you grow. I know. Unless right. you be like, oh, I met someone from Nepal. They were really nice. Every, all Nepalese people are Nepalese really- people are my favorite. Well, yeah. at least that I is hard with him was he was so intersectional in his politics that I was like, I think oh, you, I, I think somebody hid their evil. I think we're back to, <laughs> you're back to like you interact with somebody who like you masked or like you had an idealized version of them where you didn't see their capacity to, to right. be wrong. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm just, whatever it was, I still was nourished from it. And it built on like the way I view the world in a way that I don't regret. And I don't look back on It's like, oh, I was tricked. Like everything I learned to that person was so edifying and like nourishing to like building who I am that I just associate like positivity with that identity that I rarely encountered. And so through that association, I kind of made the mistake of you yeah. like you like ideal you took like I pers- you took like identity based traits and then put an ideal like a yeah, yeah like yeah. a idealization on of yeah. well, there is also yeah i mean there's like i mean there's so much to talk about with identity politics but yeah one way that it can go is like oh if somebody's different than me like rather it's the it's like the opposite of like overt race it's like well they're automatically better than me you know it's like people who are like women are better people it's like no that's not true no i i i i I was i was like the opposite where i went like my long-term ex when i was in school was very militant feminist and i had to I literally went through that whole process of like men are the worst. Like right, whatever right, yeah. study, women are good, men are bad. That's that. We have history. And it's like actually yeah, I, I went through that where I for some time, yeah, I was like either a woman can't do anything bad, or if a woman does something bad, it's like in reaction to man, men. So it was right. like always like I I I was like and then which is so like disrespectful to women that a woman couldn't be evil on her own hey no, well, i can fuck you up if i want right and it's also like two things can be true she could be reacting to men but if as a grown person she does it in ways to keep hurting other people then that's still not okay it's like right. but she's also oppressed by the patriarchy it's yeah like, they're both true at the same time yeah well yeah you had to i had to like become 
yeah again i was living in a very delusional reality this is like this hold on these things happen at the same time helping the guy on the street and believing this all when uh, i was 21 years old it was a, there was a lot there was a lot uh in the in the christmas it was a feminist yeah. christmas carol where uh you just radiated karma and it came back to you and yeah actually very funny because when i was the most uh i mean and, and this does go back to age but when I was the most kind of essentialist about gender, you know, because I was coming out of religion and like really realizing how much misogyny I'd, I'd experienced. So I was like getting all these words that I needed, but it's just so funny. Cause I was the shittiest girlfriend. Like when I think about being a human in relationships, it was when I was the most like fuck all men that I also just happened to be a worse partner. <laughs> and I'm not saying those connect because like, yeah i'm not saying that like being like angry in a certain way means that you're a bad partner but it is funny because i was shittier yeah. while i was more self-righteous and now that i'm a little self-righteous about that like i feel like i'm a better partner mm -hmm. and it's just funny the timing of those i guess i was just thinking about like what you were saying anthony about i don't know when you're young and you're really painting things in these well, yeah, also what you're talking about is like unlearning yeah a, like a very ingrained tradition that you were raised so like if you're in, if i have to go extreme ultimate patriarch right yeah like i kind of lied to myself and was like yeah like you know i should have been more honest with that guy about this but like you know he's shitty and it's like well yeah he was shitty but so was i like we both were yeah i think that <laughs> like kind of realizing i think the ultimate thing is like it all i i i'm hoping that we, you know, if we do reach an equal place as as a as a species uh, at some point, probably not in our lifetimes, but it'd be like, they're just things would be universal. That's what's nice about, although we've lost it, but that's what's nice about, um, you know, some religions or maybe all religions. I don't mm -hmm. know. They kind of like frame things in a universal human traits, which mm -hmm. I think we're kind of losing uh, the scope of. I don't know. We don't talk about things that way. It's not a common yeah. thing where you're like everyone has capacity to be bad everyone has capacity to be good everybody can um you know be manipulative or not be, like i actually heard uh this is a good uh pod related referencing another pod but the the bad faith had um chris hedges on mm -hmm. and he said a thing where he's like you know i have a very dark view of human nature i've been in war zones but because very chris hedges mm -hmm. but the one thing he says like we have to learn that you know everyone in them internally has the capacity to be like the ultimate evil. Yeah, everybody no, you have can to, be you have to totally study. evil, and and you have to constantly kind of be working against it. Like you're, and what I guess you would call exactly. the spiritual um, way to live is to like recognize it in yourself, and then not work against it to the point where you're like, I'm bad, so you must all be good. You have to study but, like history as like it's very possible for you have to have been a guard at Auschwitz and to ask yourself how you got into that position. You just went full. I'm just saying, like, evil. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's I, like we just had Trump. You know, it's like shit is so like the capacity for cognitive dissonance is what enables so much evil. You know, I feel like when we think about evil, we think about actively choosing something that you know is hurting people, but so much of it is ignoring things, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, or trying rationalizing things, right? sloping your yeah totally because that group is kind of bad and that certain and that's why you know that's really why i push up against the kinds of identity politics that try to divide us versus our unite our common humanity 
I do think the best identity politics tries to unite common humanity and the other is more about like, because like we can't trust anybody. And so we're all always at war when at the end of the day, <laughs> we need to come together. So yeah, because I think at best identity politics gives language and names to experiences so that we can understand each other better. Right. And like not be an asshole and oppress each other and be like, oh shit, I was being an oppressive asshole because I don't know what it's like to be you. Yes. Now I know I'll try to do better and I'm going to tell this person about this thing and then we can all relate about like eating the rich. But then I think I, I always bring things back to the internet, but just like the internet makes it harder to like take like identity politics should be a chance for us all to connect more and like respect each other's experiences and not erase each other's experiences. But instead, sometimes, not always, I do think it, it does the former yeah. Uh, it becomes a competition and like, or, or like, uh, I don't like that person. So I'm going to point out that they don't think about this identity that I'm not even part of. And it's like, what are you winning here? <laughs> Is this actually a conversation? Are you calling someone out or are you just like, yeah. I don't see what it's doing. Is it's shaping, like uh, it's shaping an online like it's gonna over. I think this we're gonna see for the next couple of years. But it's like it's shaping uh, a culture. Like on Twitter, if you wanted to um, have the appearance of like I don't know, being being the outspoken like what, what do people say virtue virtue signaling or whatever. But like if you want to have perfect politics or have like there's a, if you want to just always be the one who's like speaking out in a certain way like almost algorithmically over time, you're, you're developing like this is um, a relational, like this is a way to relate to the outside world. This is a way to relate to like a stimulus of something, a horror story, this, like this is the, this is the, uh, um, you know, a way to, in it, in it, and at different identities on top of that. I'm being very vague about this, but it's yeah. like, um, I think, I'm sure, how, how do I say this more specifically? Mm -hmm. I don't know, I think it's like we're, I'm being vague because I think it's like becoming the corporate culture. It reminds me of how people mm -hmm. operate in office settings. We're like, what are they going to be the ground rules in this um, Honduran uh, remote work colony or like the wing or something? Where, uh, I don't know. I think people are being conditioned to what is going to be like the new corporate approved way of assessing problems where some things are problems and some things are not. It's just, I, I guess you're, you're whittling down an ideology where it's like, yeah. some things are problems and some things are not. Mm -hmm. Like uh, women not having rights, a problem. Kamala Harris speaking with Bill Clinton on the panel about women's rights, somehow not a problem. In that same mm -hmm. world, like you would, you would yeah. say like knee jerk, of course, equal pay. Like you would like knee jerk, yeah. of course we're for this. But then like when it comes to certain specifics, so what it is, it's like, I don't know. It has nothing to do with really. Uh, well, I guess if we're going to talk about evil, the opposite of that would be virtue. So, you'd like, what? Yeah, we I don't. Just think, we don't yeah. really talk about virtue. I do think, we don't talk about evil. Yeah, and I do think what's being conflated as virtue is merely the people who didn't have power having power to oppress. You That's know, a very, pa power to do what? Power is not just a catch-all nice I, I thing will, to redistribute. It's like power to do what, and how are you wielding that power? I think for some reason I that's that's my my main issue that I think you're getting at is like mm -hmm. if it's power to oppress I don't want anybody to have it 
I don't care who they are. But then it's hard because, uh, you know, how, like, let's just go for easy bait, like old, rich, white boomer men, they think that they're being oppressed if they hear anyone's opinion besides their own. So then there's this, like, I think, I don't know, there's this idea that if somebody's mean to someone, that's the same as being oppressive, <laughs> right? Of course not. That's yeah. I mean, that and is- I know, I know you're not saying that. I'm just thinking like for yeah. like listeners, like I do know that when talking about like online culture, it can be easy to sound like, I don't want people to ever make me feel uncomfortable. So I don't like it. And that's, I don't feel like that's what we're getting at. I know. I agreed. Yeah. I, well, people that, I, I think what feel you're talking oppressed about is- by being like sh- uncomfortable. They're like, oh, I felt uncomfortable. This is bad. And it's like, that's what someone else is trying to tell you about. <laughs> Yeah, I think where you're uh, you're hitting on an anxiety that I think is the root of what will be probably most conservative politics in this country for the next like our lifetimes for the next yeah. like, fifty years, which which um, you know there's so this is the whole thing is like there might be merit to the fear that that oppress that someone who was historically oppressed when they achieve power that they will oppress the person that oppressed them. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and you could probably quote all sorts of history to, to justify that. And I think that is like, honestly, in 20 years, white people in America are going to be freaking out because the demographic shift happens yeah. in like 2050. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. You right. know, like whenever white people are the, white people will be the minority probably in our lifetimes, assuming we live like, mm-hmm. yeah, know, so it's well, be like 20, 2040 or something pretty people, soon. They're going to freak out. It's like mm-hmm. natural that they're going to freak out. And a lot of that is a lot. I think a lot of it is actual justified white guilt if i could say like literally the idea and this is where my sort of like moral compass on the world or whatever it is it's like if you're having a good time when bad things happen that there's a moral ground like there's like and it's and it's not it's not wow that's yeah yeah it's not to say we should like have our protest march go go like throw your brunch table over which happens sometimes i think that's the wrong approach but like but there's something like there's, yeah. Uh, if you're not feeling upset, you know, ever, <laughs> or yeah, like very rarely about anything time. that's not happening to you. <laughs> Maybe not all of the time, but some of the time you should have some sensitivity or some empathy with what's going on in the world. And then if you're not, I have a lot of questions. Like my thing about like, you know, coming to a consciousness in the Bush years, it was like, if you were like tuned into a certain frequency of news, it was like wars, torture, this and that. It was like all this really horrible stuff was going on constantly and being promoted and being expanded. And like there was mm-hmm. talk in like 2007. Oh, now we're going to go to war with Iran. Like it was possibly going to escalate even further. Whatever bad thing was going on just going to happen further. And you could totally live a life where you just like tuned. You turned, you know, whatever your radio dial is for information. I'm using like, I'm showing my ears with my analogy here. Gen Z will mm-hmm. not pick up on the radio dial. Uh, but but yeah no but it's like you know you're you're tuned to certain information or not you can literally just shut off the information you can go live a life of you know degrees of privilege degrees of whatever maybe you can actually get rich maybe you can cash in maybe you can be a defense contractor maybe you can make money biden's this is like the whole complexity of identity problem biden i don't know what years he was the uh like i don't know executive at Raytheon, but Biden's secretary of defense, who is a black man, mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're 
like as you know, in the press release, they tout that this is a big achievement. He came from Raytheon, who sells missiles. Mm -hmm. So it's like I don't. I know Raytheon made a lot of money in the Bush years selling instruments of death. It's like I don't know if this guy worked there. Was he a missile salesman during the Bush years? What was his relation to the Iraq War, to the escalation with Iran? I don't know all this yeah. stuff. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's the that's the haunting thing of my personal consciousness. It's like so many people are just having. Or the, when we talk about like uh, last year, a year ago, it was like the back to brunch crowd. Mm -hmm. Right, it was like right. Uh, with all the marches, it's like, oh well, is this only because Trump's in office? Would you be at brunch otherwise? Would you just be living a life like, like now you get to be like, well, things are bad, but I'm not gonna care about them now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. you know, which to an extent, like as a survival mechanism, I think everybody needs to do that to a degree. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think everyone has to, like does do that and has to. Yeah, because I mean, it's also you know, in a nihilist way, there's also the point of like this is your life, so you know, finding that balance of like, I'm gonna eat a donut today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you should have a joyless like like uh, what is but, it? Like, but but it, it is exposed as like disingenuous if like you immediately turn it off forever. You're like, oh, there's not the embarrassing guy, so you know. Yeah, which is, it, 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 I I see it. I mean, a lot of if you like, I like if you're if you look at Instagram spirituality or TikTok spirituality. TikTok spirituality is good, especially when it meets with like outer space theories. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, go. I, I mean, I I want to hear more about what you're referring oh, to, but I don't I don't want to derail your. Well, I, I just quickly to wrap that up, I was just going to say, like, I think you see a lot of people, like when we say like a vibes person, when mm -hmm. somebody's just like, sorry, their vibe is off and they think that they have some attunement or something, yeah. but they really just have anxiety or they have some, yeah, or have some like, union thing where like, they don't want to recognize a quality in themselves that relates to that person. Right. So therefore they just say the vibes. Hey, like, I don't need to be there. That's that a really good. But it's because that person has a personality trait that relates to you in something you bury within yourself. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah. I love that read. That's- that, It's it's uh, the Jungian That's stuff. the Jung, that's a uh, hashtag- uh, Yeah, you're triggered- Hashtag Jung. They're, you're triggered by them because they remind you of something within you that you're repressing within yourself. Yeah, and that's like when people would talk about why homophobia yes. is like people that were had like some curiosity or, that were maybe, or maybe it was their real right. inclination, they wanted to bury it that freaks them out more so, you know? Yeah, heterophobia too, just getting the kind of, like, I uh, some gay friends are like, oh God, holy shit, I'm attracted to someone of the opposite sex. I'm like, that's okay. Sometimes That's interesting. I, all, I, know some, I know some real <laughs> cases of people that like lived uh, as gay men for, for years. And then and they then liked they, yeah. the woman like, they liked. Yeah. I have a friend like that in Chicago. Um, and I had to confront my own biases because I like, my knee-jerk reaction was like, when he started dating this woman I was like but you're gay which like why do i care like he's happy but like it was like in my head i was like what but like, like the thing that like we're just again because we're still coming out of like a transition from a very hardening way of seeing the world that was around for like, which is thousands like homophobic yeah. yeah exactly yeah, we're, like, sure. we're in the transition phase where like maybe in 500 years everyone's just totally fluid all the time there aren't even definitions it's like oh we're dating, we're hooking up, we're doing this. I, who, who the hell knows how it's going to... Uh, yeah, like, I, I feel like Gen Z is already like <laughs> on that. <laughs> Gen Z, they're all poly. No, I don't know. They're 
but no, that's true. You're all, you are seeing like a generational shift where like even the last 20 years or so, like that. There's a lot being deconstructed like gender and sexuality wise, which I think is so great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, 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 I think it's this like double thing of I'm glad things are being deconstructed so people aren't put into oppressive roles, but I think it's really hard to not know any role. Right. I mean, like I do, I do I, think I, that like the human brain we are so there's so many humans on earth that it makes sense that we create really quick shorthand categories of like you know gender or you know sexuality or whatever like it makes sense that we have these like shorthands when we're interacting with so many people all the time yeah. and you're not going to have time to have nuanced conversations so you're like oh that person yeah they're straight they're a guy you know like etc so I think like it makes sense that there's frameworks, but it's also awesome that the frameworks are being like questioned. Agreed, because I, unless you can question the framework, you can't even figure out who you are. Like, I'll be honest, I feel like a lot of my interests are kind of like, I'm like very like, almost like a traditional straight woman, but I don't think I would have ever figured that out unless I had the opportunity to push against it and buck against it and like choose all these other things. Yeah, and it's so different to question it otherwise. Yeah. Right. So that's beautiful. That's beautiful. God bless our generation for that. Like we may have had COVID, we may have had Donald Trump, but at least we can know ourselves in in the apocalypse. (laughs) Right? Wait, back to the aliens. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about the aliens and then I gotta wrap up. Oh we we can save it. We can save it for uh, we can do this. Uh, again, there were a lot of hang tubs. I think we have a lot uh, of really big subjects that we brought up that uh, I feel like, like I, I I feel like we were, we had such a great um, flow that I didn't say when I was yeah, there was this thing I, I wanted to say this about me- mental health and uh, politics mm-hmm. and that and like two examples like the you know anecdotal testimony of literal crazy people um, in in politics and the fact is. I think there was known pre-internet, like or pre not pre-internet, pre maybe pre, but pre-social media. People that showed up to the, you had to physically go to a room, you had to go to a location, go to a meeting to be political. You had to actually go to a space or go to a protest, or whatever. You can't just it wasn't just posted. Like you had right. to, you had to go. You had to actually do shit. Engage, <laughs> yeah. meet people, participate. It attracted a lot of insane, insane people or people that were severely traumatized yeah, yeah, yeah. and then had a reaction against the thing. Like, even if you look at, I, I was talking about this once and some friends uh, were not happy about what I said, but I was saying like a lot of people's political ideologies have to do with your specific trauma. Like the thing you gravitate to, like your relation to power, mm. your relation to gender, your relation to race, like a lot of it's like your specific trauma. Right. And an example is, uh, Derek Jensen, who's the like anarchist um, philosopher and uh, like ultra environmentalist, some people that were into eco terrorism were inspired by him because he like talked about blowing up dams. I don't know. He was. I actually have never read him. I've like listened to uh, this one interview that I want to quote from, and then some other stuff. But mm-hmm. he's he was severely abused as a child. Yeah, he was routinely like. Uh, you know, molested by his father in, in like very, very severe ways. Yeah. And I was like in the, in the almost, I don't know if you want to call it like uh, psych, psychoanalysis, whatever, but I was like taking 
his whole political worldview is that he thinks uh, mankind is like raping and pillaging the earth, like Mother Earth is mm -hmm. being abused in yeah. any, um, you know, extraction of material or like drilling or this or building like construction, like building civilization. All that as a whole is hurting the earth, and therefore civilization as a whole is a problem. And it's like it's pretty wild. And he was like, very, yeah. he's like you know, flagged as a, a very extreme thought. But I was like thinking about it and I heard, I didn't know he had this personal trauma. Yeah. And then I heard it and it connected the dots where yeah. I was like, oh, he is like, all of this is, is like all of just even engaging with the earth at this level or taking something from it or abusing yeah. the earth is is what he experienced as a child. Like yeah. I, that's, that was my reader. I'm, oh I'm, yeah, well, we all sure process in our own like language emotionally right so he's like working through it through his framework and but that makes so much sense that that would be the difference between our, you would say i would say like if it was actually healing right versus hmm. but then there's also the the aspect where like I, i'm not going to say that civilization as a whole is the problem because i like existing so but i'm like yeah we are shitty to the earth and it is violent so like yeah it's, it's fascinating yeah i mean i hear you regarding like it it goes both ways like every single one of us you and you know you and me and bronwyn are all like you know our politics are definitely framed by our childhoods and our sure no, but the, uh, quandaries but like are you aware of it and like are you kind of noticing like the ways in which you might be um overemphasizing one fear like to be frank like you know a big anxiety i've had lately is like the evil of women i think because i was so aware of the evil of women in my own life that i almost hyper focused on it because i noticed more evil among women in my own life than from men and so that caused me to almost be like a male I sympathizer regarding male crimes and i'm like that's my blind spot i don't know if it's you're just but like it, I, it's a it's creating a some awareness like about a, that is important i think there's a gen there's like a there's a gender difference about how people are evil. It's not like the evil, like when you say the evil, it sounds like, <laughs> it's, think about, think about that. Because like, I, because I think it's more of like, think about it. I'm thinking about it. No, because I think it's, I, <laughs> what do you no, mean? I think it's like, I'm not saying women are evil. I'm just saying the ways in which women are evil. Like when you've dealt with more evil from women as a woman, you're more critical of women. And like, that's, that is why I've like, often been a little more sus of women okay that's it okay so then that's and yeah. that's just rooted this is in a my whole other it's just this whole other episode yeah it, i mean this is a whole episode right I, here I mean, it could be but Gender I'm, trauma. I'm trying this to connect is... to like what you're describing with this man derek is like yeah he may have like his bullshit root in his childhood so do i so do you so do so does everyone like no I, I, no I, I i well specifically like i was in a debate with some political friends and they were objecting to this they okay. were saying like that it, it's unfair to root, you know, and it was a whole thing about the value of psychology. Because yeah. I, I was okay. thinking the more I studied politics, the more I like, um, you know, mm -hmm. the like kind of reaching the end of it. And then it was like, you know, now I want to read some psychology. There was a kind of shift that happened with me where it was like, somehow this feels more important to read, to study psychology than to study politics. And I started to connect the dots with certain ideologies and certain people I knew and certain experiences. And then, and even this idea of, people just acting out their trauma in political ways um, that if you don't have, like we're saying, if you don't have an awareness of it, 
Yeah. You will do a lot of this unconsciously. And right. so many people do this unconsciously, but they, mm-hmm. and that's, and you know, and then yeah. And the other thing about showing up in rooms, this is the one weird story, but it's just, yeah, I just remember being at the ethical culture society, which was like one of the rooms. In the Phoenix. ethical culture society. It's on 66th street. Sounds on fake. Central park. It's a, like it's that, a, is, that is a really culty name, oh, which yeah, I kind there's of There's like a clubhouse room that I have been invited into, it's right? A, it's pre-clubhouse. I promise that it's it's basically, it's a lot like clubhouse, but the it was ethical like- ethical culture society. Like literally if you were like a humanist, you know, and that was like, a, that was like a thing. If yeah. you were like a secular humanist, that was like a real thing. You would go to this place instead of church. Like, yeah well that's it like when you were describing the people it just made me think of like the culty warehouse churches i went to where it was like very specific intense personalities but so i remember being there and then there was a woman in the back who just started screaming Mm -hmm. and like shrieking and then everybody paused and like the speakers were giving a lecture and they stopped every stop and then you just heard her say like i'm sorry i need help and then she left and I was, and it's like a thing that haunted me. It was a very haunting moment, but I was like, yeah. People talk about what, and this again, now we just have the internet. So the people that are acting out their trauma or acting out their, um, you know, whatever issues are going on and just put a political lens on it, anyone has access to that. Mm-hmm. Like anyone who has social media has access to you. So like that woman, that was, this is over 10 years ago, but now somebody, of that same level would just have a Twitter, you know what I mean? Exactly. On Facebook, sharing stuff with their family all day or Or like responding stuff to what you post that you're like, how are you getting that from this? Like they're just on their own thing. It was, yeah, it's kind of, the other story was that somebody at Occupy Wall Street who I had struck up a friendship with, can't won't reveal this is, but another friend of mine who's like a journalist, he's like, oh, I I know her for uh, 10 years. yeah, she hit me with a brick in the back of the head once at, at, a, at, a, at a march. And I'm like, what? And this is somebody who like came to my house. Like, oh my God. Came to my job because I helped her like print yeah. something. No, I helped her digitize tapes at some point. I was like, oh, cool, new activist friend. And then <laughs> oh, no. all this stuff. And so, yeah, it, it's an issue. It's uh Yeah, politics are personal. That's the. Sorry, there was a tangent. Those, those were, I've closed all the threads. No, thanks. I enjoyed so it. No, that was great. <laughs> those are my lingering thoughts. I got thank nothing you. left. No, thank you for them. I appreciate all of your, because like, I'm also, you know, not everything has to be that neat. Sometimes you need to just share. I mean, we, we're, we're tackling huge subjects like the nature of evil. Yeah, with no authority. <laughs> Subconscious mapping of trauma onto politics right identity politics online you know post-trumpism trumpism like there's a lot here i know so i mean these are all like we could do like i feel like if you ever need ideas for episodes just come back to this one and there's like nine episodes inside of this that could be full length that's why i like to record with you guys because you there's never a shortage of uh large ass we're ge- we're a generative group yeah, yeah. real small talk once again once again this crew getting together some real wholesome yeah some real light fluffy listening for people exactly. well thank you guys both for for doing it i am always appreciative thanks for having us yeah absolutely i love i love hanging out with y'all yeah just brown maybe you're here next maybe time be- you'll Soon. probably be here Soon. oh yeah i'll be uh i'll be fully vaxxed in like a week and a half so i'll oh, be there hell yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'll catch you soon. I'm about to stop recording. All right.